to Season 4 of Pathways by Grenadian Steam, the podcast where we chat with West Indian professionals at home and in the diaspora who have worked in one or more of the fields of science, technology, engineering, architecture, or mathematics to understand what led them to choose the path they did, the successes, failures, and learnings they've had along the way, and in general, what careers are out there. This season, in addition to debuting full video episodes on YouTube and Spotify to help you feel more engaged, we will be including our members, both students and professionals, in the conversations, inviting them to share their own thoughts, ideas, and experiences on the topics brought up by our guests. This is in an effort to encourage and normalize discussions among people of all ages and levels within society. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the journey on today's Pathway. Our guest for today is Christina Charles, aka Chrissy Commerce. She is a 28-year-old corporate girl who seeks to document her journey to financial independence through her 9-to-5 and education. She enjoys social media discussions on 9-to-5s, mindset, side hustling, investing, and altogether living a free life. Having grown up in Grenada in the Caribbean, she seeks to be an example and talk about all the taboo financial topics among young aspiring adults. Chrissy, welcome to Pathways. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Great. So as you know, to start things off a little bit and give people a general overview of who you are, we're going to start off with a few quick questions just to kind of put together that framework. So we did mention in the bio that you're from Grenada. Where exactly did you grow up? So as far as I can remember, I have been in Montparnasse, St. George's all my life. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. And every school that you've ever attended from childhood till now. That's funny because I I actually forgot I went to Green Street for a moment. (laughs) But I did start off in Green Street. And from Green Street, I went on to Alpha Junior School. When I passed common entrance, I went to St. Joseph's Convent, St. George's, where I'm familiar with you as well. So for the five years I've been there, when I got CXC, everything, I did 10 CXC subjects. I went on to TAMCC, where I studied law, sociology, and business management. And as of recent, I graduated from CUNY Brooklyn College in 2017. That's my latest educational background and master's pending. Ah, what was your undergrad in? So my undergrad was in marketing. Okay, cool. All right. So as a young student growing up, primary school, <clears throat> secondary school, how would you describe yourself? Playful, jovial, and adventurous. Okay. Yeah. It's a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> and what was your first ever job? So when I graduated from TAMCC, I worked at Merz Bishop International Airport. It was a mixture of customer service representative slash fixed asset representative, but the fixed asset is nothing much to talk about. So the customer service rep, I worked there just under two years. So from 2012 to 2014, just roughly around that time, I worked in the marketing department as a customer service rep. So there I would kind of, on a day-to-day basis, I would be helping incoming passengers and passengers who were leaving, departing passengers, 
with their immigration forms. You know, I was handling grievances that they had at the time and just kind of just being a help to them. And in addition to that, I also helped with, from time to time, with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. There were moments where I had to escort nationals to and from the VIP room to the plane, things like that. You know, that life. Fancy. All right. (laughs) That's what that was about for the two years I've been there. Nice. Okay. So from there, then you mentioned that you studied marketing. What was the... What was the direction that you were seeking to go? What was your goal at that point? So I, so when I worked at MBIA, I got a taste for marketing because oh, for one, I liked the people I worked with and I just felt like my personality matched that field in itself. So when I got to New York and I, well, before I even came here, I was like, that's what I wanted to do. It was between that and law but um, law was a different story you had to do an undergrad degree first anyway so I took to marketing and it was an extensive course but it was pretty easy in a a sense but the things that I learned for the three years that I did my undergrad it was great so that's kind of that was the first point where one led me to the other kind of got it okay and your current job is what exactly I work in business development as a CRM coordinator. I work under digital marketing. So on the day-to-day basis, we kind of make sure that everything that's inputted into the firm system is within the guidelines. So as I always say, it's not the fancy marketing that you might think it is, but because, so when I was in my undergrad, I always wanted to do marketing, but I always wanted to specialize in digital marketing. So it's kind of like the back end things. It's not the things that you see, but it's people, the people roughly behind the scenes as well. So when, once I got into this job, I was able to kind of bridge what I learned in school along with what I was taking from this current job I'm at. So Actually, before this job, I worked as a marketing technology assistant. So after, after I graduated, I, I think I had like a little time where I wasn't doing anything much. But when, once I got the job, my first job out of school was a marketing technology assistant. And because of the skills that I acquired there, I was able to land the position I'm currently at, which I'm nearing three years in a couple of days. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, that was another, you know, stepping stone again. Mm -hmm. So kind of see the line upon which I'm kind of heading in marketing itself. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is, would you say this is the dream job? This is what you are aiming for? Do you have another Um, idea in mind? Well, first of all, I don't have a dream job. Um, (laughs) Okay. I don't dream of labor, <laughs> but um, I would say I think marketing is one of the most exciting fields, biasedly. So whether, you know, at this stage, I'm still, I think I'm still junior because I started off as an assistant, now I'm a coordinator and there's different levels to go. There's strategists, you know, I'm thinking long-term, like being on the board, things like that. But I think as long as I am in the nine to five, I will try my best to, you know, be, be part of that social mobility they talk about. So I'm definitely always kind of looking f- 
for more and looking to see what the next step is going to be. Everything has, in a, in, a, in a sense, led me to you know where I'm at. And looking back five years from now, I'm where I wanted to be. So I'm kind of happy, you know, with that five year mark that I'm good. making now. I'm pleased altogether. Okay, good. That's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you we were saying, uh, I was telling you before I hit record, basically that this episode is going to be a little bit different from the usual because the the point here is not to talk about your nine to five or what you do exactly, but more of what you do on the side, which recently, maybe a year or two, you started really diving into personal investing, finance, and that whole side of things. So what was the point, like the pivotal moment that sparked your interest in getting into finance and investing? So so COVID year in itself, it was a crazy year. At that point in time, <clears throat> I started working remotely. And with working remotely, as crazy as it was, I had a lot of free time. So while I'm doing my work, I'm also like scrolling through social media on my phone, scrolling, scrolling throughout the day. And in that time, <clears throat> I saw a tweet basically saying that you shouldn't be saving all your money. You should be investing as well. For one of those tweets that were saying, you know, like, $500,000, claim it, things like that. Something along that line. And when I went into the comments, that's when I saw that investing versus savings tweet. And at that point in time, I don't even think I did anything or like, I didn't take any action at that point, but it kind of ties back to my undergrad year when I was kind of studying for law school, but yeah, that's another story in itself. Um, <laughs> The free time I had then, I started following this guy called Chris Johnson. So I was doing little side hustles from since 2017, but that's another conversation. So I kind of, so when I followed him back to 2020 now, he dropped a course called Stock Market Gem. So I've been following him from that five year period or so. And when he dropped that course called Stock Market Gems, it kind of tied into the tweet I saw and that's when I realized, okay, like he was talking about, you know, just saving your money, the typical average person, that's what they do. So that kind of, kind of piqued my interest again. So I actually took the money and I bought the book and I kind of learned a lot of information over that period of time. And after I finished up with that book, I also followed another guy called Sean Cranston, also known as The Wealth Dad. He kind of spoke to me in the sense that he created a book on index funds, which is another topic in itself, but it's basically like how to grow your money at a slow pace. It's not a scam. It's not this, but it's just the regular, what you could potentially have at 60 years old. And at that point in time, I was really trying to have a safe space for my money and not just believe, okay, I could get rich quick by the, the following year. So I, I think I took a really realistic approach and I paid for, for value at the time. So I would say like after a while, it just started to become very, I started becoming obsessed with the financial content. So then I started just making like a post here or there to my social media. Like it was an obsession, but a healthy one in the sense that I'm learning all this and I'm excited to share this with everyone else because I'm like, hmm, well, no one is talking about this. Well, I am the first, you know, so, <laughs> let me, so let me just talk about it. And 
through talking about it and like showing certain figures after a while, I realized that people started to gravitate to that. I'm just like, all right, cool. Well, let me push more content out. And it, it was really fun doing it. So like, it never felt like a task to me to this day. It's been like two years and all, although I'm tired in some yeah. ways, I'm just like, cause it's a lot with social media in itself, but mm-hmm. I think the message is always going to be the, the, the grand prize for people anyway. So I, I still continue to push that content and, you know, it's a work in progress too, because it's something that it's almost like a doctor. You always have to keep reading. Otherwise you're going to forget the basics. You're going to always kind of miss out something. So through that, through all that time, through this two year period, I would say it's been great. And the number of people who actually join the ride, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of different schools of thought, I guess, out there on finance and financial literacy and all of that. But it's always good to have like, a bit of a niche so you have an interesting perspective coming from the caribbean yeah you know we don't learn about this kind of stuff in school or even at home and so being able to give back information like that to us here and because i was at home during the covid time i think it was much more special to me when i created the book itself investing in the caribbean because you know it's one thing if if a foreigner or so because i'm not there on the soil, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little different, but because I was there, I published the book in Grenada. I was there for a long period of time. I think it, it kind of meant more to people and I really took my time with it as well. And I, even before I had started like just putting out just like tips and stuff that I was learning myself, I had not known much about what the Caribbean had to. So right. apart from Caribbean people gravitating to it, I was learning about what the Caribbean was giving that no one knew to so yeah it's kind of like finding information for yourself and it just so happens to benefit a lot of other people (laughs) because I always knew like I wanted to create like an ebook or something but I never knew I would end up creating one Caribbean base so it just happened to be that in that moment otherwise I would have created a general one for just the average person to invest in the U.S. stock market and things like that. But I was able to do that one as a stepping stone. So, Enjoy your stay at True Blue Bay Boutique Resort, a family-run, eco-friendly waterfront resort in the beautiful island of Grenada. Choose between tropical rooms, suites, or villas, and enjoy complimentary breakfast, access to four pools, guided water sport activities, as well as the option for spa treatments, yoga classes, diving, and snorkeling trips. Relax by one of the pools and get drinks served to you from the poolside bar, or go adventuring the coastline on our kayaks, finding turtles, eagle rays, or even lobsters. Perfect for families, couples, and single travelers, True Blue Bay Resort has something for everyone. Email reservations at truebluebay.com for bookings and inquiries. So in all of this, like you mentioned that you published a book and all of that, or an ebook, mm-hmm. you kind of started like an entrepreneurial pursuit in this financial realm. And you're, I think you recently launched some coaching sessions. Yes. Like, yeah. So what was the thought process like at the point where you're like, oh, I can actually, you know, make something out of this besides just have it be a hobby? So let me just start by saying, so like, when I started to become obsessed with the financial content, it really took me disciplining myself in the sense that I had to cut off a lot of things that I 
usually did. I would always, so I would call it like a second shift. So, you know, like how moms have second shifts after they work with them, the kids are the second shift. Yeah. So like after I worked my nine to five, then I would find myself going on YouTube and reading, well, looking at content from entrepreneurs, traders, investors, things like that, like just their stories and kind of filling my head with the content that I wanted to kind of become good at myself. So after work, I would do that. And I would also like read other eBooks that I purchased along the way. And I would read it once, twice, three times. And to this day, I still, I still go back to these foundational books and it's not it's not like the grand authors, it's regular people, 28 year old, 29 year olds who push content for themselves. So that gave me an idea of creating another um, stream of income for myself that provides value. So it was thought out, it was thought out, but it was never like, I never knew it would be this. So once I realized, okay, this is something that people wanted. So I wrote this book in two weeks in in August or so. And it's almost like, I didn't know the outcome of it. I didn't know people would buy it, you know, things like that. But yeah. purchasing it, that's it kind of motivated me to kind of go harder. But from the back end of things and from like the ground up, it required me to kind of, kind of tap out of who I once was in the sense that I would, instead of like doing things I would normally do, which is kind of just like on weekends, for example, at the very beginning, I would read a book on a weekend instead and just kind of feel more productive. And to this day, I still kind of do a little more. I, I don't like my weekends going to waste. So, and it's not to say I don't go out to party. Like if you have me on Instagram, you know I'm outside. But <laughs> other than that, I try to balance my life too. So Apart from muting things that I no longer wanted to see, I also kind of just kept a balance. I didn't want to become like a creep or anything like that. So, <laughs> you know, the realistic approach I've taken that was natural to me, people ended up gravitating to that lifestyle and that side of me. And I guess that's where we are now. Okay. Natural progression. Yes. What are some of, well, have you seen any changes in yourself? So you mentioned like things you had to change in the beginning. Have there been long-standing changes that you've seen in yourself? Yeah. Yes, I think I've become so much more self-aware and the confidence that I've developed over the two years is crazy. I always tell my friends, I just feel different internally. I think once you take some control in your financial life, like other parts of you become more powerful. Like I accept less nonsense. I think I'm very much more straight to the point. I'm very direct, not rude or anything like that, but I'm more assertive in the things that I want overall, not just related to money, but just everything under the sun you could think about. I'm just more like, okay, is it intentional or is it is it not? You know, what's the goal here at the end of the day? What what are we doing basically? Things like that. So, I think the intention with money has flown into other aspects of my life that I think makes me a better woman at the end of the day. Before thirty, so it's all kind of it's all part of figuring out myself as well. But it's also embracing who I am, and I'm, I love it honestly. I love that. I love that because I guess for different people, it's like different things that would spark you to do that internal work. Mm -hmm. So you happen to be a finances. 
Yeah. When the thing that it's the quality of people who came into my life from the financial counter. Some mm-hmm. of them I could they're just trying to impress me. But other than that, I think I've had a lot of high value people. And when I say high value, I just mean like just regular platonic people who have come in and shown me game as they call it, or just shown me a different way or just like a different a different mindset to what I already have. And at the end of the day, we can have a really good fruitful conversation and get off the table and feel good about it. And I think that's what it's all about. And that, that as well has made me, you know, just keep, it kind of motivates me to keep pushing this content too. Yeah. As they say, what you put out is what you get back. Right. So full circle. So Let's get into it a little bit. What are some of your thoughts on financial literacy, personal empowerment in general? Like what are what are some little bits of knowledge maybe that you've gained that you wish you had a long time ago that you want to share with others? Well, like I said before in conversation I had with others, it's just like, honestly, at this point, I mean, I wish I was that person for me or I wish I had someone to be that person for me at this stage or at like a when I was younger in the sense that this is not taught. I did not learn this from a friend. I didn't learn this on the street. I didn't learn this at school anywhere. Like I learned this on social media, you know, <laughs> and social media, they say that is negative. You know, it's crazy how it could lead you to great things and it could lead you to changing your whole mindset, your perspective on life. And it really just takes one click to do that. I don't know if I would have seen that if I was not even on Twitter at the time, you know? So it's just a a lot of different things that kind of led me there. But tying in finance and investing and personal empowerment, financial literacy is often taken for granted. And especially growing up in the Caribbean, like you just know, your parents say save, that's it. Money goes to the bank. That's it. We just work. We study whatever they say to study, stuff like that. And, you know, we just go on with life. And we never really question it. Of course, there are a couple who just like, yeah, this life is not for me. And low-key, that's my life too. Like, I do a nine-to-five work. I want to be chilling out on a beach, really. That's yeah. how I also very realistic. I'm going to do what I have to do to make it. I'm going to create more things to make it in life. So, you know... I would say like most of the time, financial literacy and finance and stuff like that, it doesn't get the seriousness that it deserves when the irony is that money affects all of us really. Like the main problem people have is money problems to the most part. Like if you really speak to our pairs and things like that, you know, it's just like, it's not enough. So it's really kind of just, talking more and having those taboo topics out there. So we kind of, you know, confide in each other and feel better and like come up with actual solutions and stuff. So financial education in itself, it should be a continuous process from childhood to adulthood. And unfortunately, like the institutions don't seem to recognize that fact. That's why social media, again, you know, should be, be we should be at least trying to push the things that we know even in STEM or so, like you push the content. Like in the Caribbean, it's not really as big as if, you know, you go to the metropolitan countries and when high numbers, you know, so it's good that, you know, like we're pushing things that provide value and pushing things that can 
let people believe that there is life outside of just the simple thing. You know, like you go to school, you learn about science, math, history, all these other subjects and why. And the answer is really to empower ourselves in all of these respective areas. So, you know, similarly to, to money education, it really deserves the same respect. So no one would be shocked like me, you know, to find out the different ways to make money. So, you know, we tend to assume that people will somehow learn, you know, about money on their own. But it shouldn't be like that, you know. There needs to be like a paradigm shift, I think, when it comes to financial literacy. Like it should be a topic like everyone knows. So at least at the end of the day, no one can say, I didn't know about this at some point. And I know like with the work I've put in, like people can't be following me and they don't have an idea by now. And that's how we should be thinking. Yeah. The number of pages I've seen pop up, similar to me, friends and stuff who are also interested in doing that. I feel happy, you know, because at the end of the day, it's for the greater good. Like someone else doing what I do, it doesn't take away from what I do. It's all about, you know, the education in itself and what we could provide in different ways, you know, and for the personal empowerment part, I think that is really critical because it's realizing that also no one is coming to save you, not the government, not your parents, not your friends. Like if you were to wait on the government, then you would be waiting forever. So to a degree, you have to kind of realize that, yeah, I'm kind of in this, not on my own, but low-key on my own. And the only action that you should take is actual action. And it's not just talking the talk. It's really saying, okay, I need to kind of better myself. I need to see, or at least by the very least, just read a book and try to get yourself out of that that mindset where you don't think it can happen to you or it will ever happen to you. And then eventually better will follow. And I tell people that. On that note, because I hear a lot of people, I talk to a lot of friends and so on who maybe think like trying to get out of whatever their current financial situation is. And it still comes back to, well, I don't, I don't have enough to make a start. I don't, they don't have access to investing and so on. Have you actually known anyone or heard of any stories of people who have been able to overcome some of the the real barriers that there are here in the Caribbean to Um, making a change? Yes. And I experience it all the time in the sense that people start off by saying they don't have, and I'm very aware of, you know, like all the little social problems that we have in the Caribbean and like the pay, for example, like sometimes it's not enough, but so far I've had people have a negative mindset towards money and the realities that some of them just don't have. But my thing to them, I would say do the background work first. So whether it's just as simple as reading, you have to kind of get out of the mindset that like, you have to see that your situation will change. Realistically, it may not change in the first year, but what you can do is find the education and this is 2020. You can create a digital product and sell. You can, you can literally do this for less than 20 US. And the thing with a lot of people too, is that they say they don't have in a lot of cases. I, I noticed personally, but then the money that they end up taking would go towards bears on a Friday or things like that, or, or 
just things that the money can be put to use for, I have noticed that they don't use it as how I would hear them talking the negativity about them not having. But in that sense, I would say if you can save $10 is better than saving none at all. If you can save 15, any little amount, it adds up. And the thing is too, you have to realize like you can't just wake up one day and you have you, you're going to invest. You need to have money saved up before you do anything else. You need to develop proper financial practices before you just throw your money out wild. If you can't save a hundred, they say, how would you save a thousand? So that's the kind of mindset that you have. It's really going for the small wins before you think crazy and unrealistic. So for the people that have reached out to me, for example, they would say, I don't have enough to afford your ebook. Well, if you don't have enough to afford the ebook, then you shouldn't want to be investing at all, you know, because if something is $12, then what your focus should be is on saving the small change and building up something from the foundation before you go risk your money. So I always tell people A before B, B before C. And there are people from, so for example, from 2020, they came with a negative mindset towards me and I'm more like a solution-based person. I'm just, I'm going to listen to the problems, but problems are not going to do anything for you. It's literally just going to keep you in that place. And as long as you can get out of that, like that scarcity mindset, then there's no moving forward. You are going to be stuck. And as I tell people, it's almost like you have to believe that money will flow to you and then money will come. Even if you're not there yet, I've spoken to people and it's just sad to hear like, I've seen them grow over the years, but then they're still in that mindset that will hold them back and they don't even realize their potential if they let go. So a lot of the things are also in our heads as well, I would say, but you really have to get delusional and then things will start to work out for you. As weird as it sounds. (laughs) That's an interesting way to put it, but no, it's, and I've honestly spoken to so many people, like not just in finance, but in you know their careers and whatever and a lot of people really talk about manifesting what you want for yourself i've I've tried it it's easier said than done because if you're in a bad headspace you're just it's it's really hard to get out of something like that yeah but it's so true that once you really think positively and and turn your your mind around good things start to come out of that Absolutely. It really is. And it's not something that, you know, you're just going to wake up one day and be all fine and dandy living in some utopia. It's really like the small things like, okay, making a small sacrifice today. How can that better me tomorrow? So it's the practices. And once you develop good practices, then eventually things will come. And the process of investing in itself, it really made me a patient person. So I don't expect to see certain things like certain figures five years from now. I'm looking out 10 years from now. So it's a, it's a patience that, that is developed with time, I would say. A level of patience that develops with time. Curious, what is your current stake on, on, your, on the stock market with all the dips that have been happening? Right now, I 
you don't. So for example, I have a Roth IRA, which is basically a retirement account, an individual retirement account. So that account is down. So I have, let's just say I have 12,000 in that account. It's down over 1,000, I think 1,500. I posted it on my Instagram yesterday, but probably shifted a little bit, but it's definitely down overall. I remember the good days, like two months back when it was up like 15K. Now yeah. it's like, it's crazy right now. And the thing is like, you have to know yourself too. So I remember even down to like two weeks ago, my dad told me, he like, he makes jokes with me all the time. And he tells me, you're going to lose everything. <laughs> but I won't. And I don't have any intention to take this out now. And you know, it's just a level of patience. Like it's not too long. In, in, in the overall sense, I'm still early in the game. So it doesn't bother me, my account. Like my, I can lose everything. And actually you don't lose until you sell. So my account could be down five grand and I honestly would not care. Like it doesn't pain me in my chest. I would be lying to see if it does because I'm not thinking about December. I'm really thinking about 2030, 2035. And beyond that, really. But everything is done as well. So, yeah, it's, it's taking a beating, really. So are you the type to just let it ride or you're going to buy, buy, buy while it's down, hoping that it goes back up? Well, the thing is, I am a buy, 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 but because of my recent responsibilities, I'm just letting it ride for now. I'm not watching too hard. Like I might go in once a day, but right now she can ride all the waves and I'm fine. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. All right. So I have a couple questions for you. First of all, what, what is it that motivates you to keep going with finances and life in general? How do you, that positive energy flowing? Well, like many, I don't wake up every day and feel motivated to do things. In fact, I rarely ever feel motivated. Like I, I just want to do what I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to work, but, but I would say the, not the fear of being average but I just just don't want to be average that that kind of gives me the discipline to kind of keep going especially like over the last two years I just want to look back and feel good about myself so so the work I put in when I was 27 to date I feel good about it and I want every year of my life to be that until I can actually relax so (sighs) I'm motivated in the sense that I know I'm lazy. So I'm putting in that work now so I can be lazy peacefully. I don't want to work hard. You're looking out for future, Chrissy. Yes. Like I'm just putting in this work right now just because I don't want to do it later altogether. Like, as I said, uh, as I told my my coworker, actually, at, at, at some point, I want to just be paid for using my brain, you know, Right now, I'm doing the manual work. But when I look at people on the board of directors and people who come together, they are getting paid for their time to talk. And that's how I want to live life. If I could just get paid to talk, well, by all means. But like for now, still realistic, still realistic, very mindful of my age and, you know, the things that come. So I think it's the discipline more, more so than anything that keeps me going and just not wanting to be that average person who retires at 60. So I'm always finding ways to level up and just not remain stagnant. Yeah. 
if you could go back and visit your, let's say, let's say 18 year old self, what would you tell her? I would say pick up more books. I mean, as adventurous I, as I was, I don't think I read enough. And by reading enough, I think I would have bounced up a couple more things that would have shaped my early 20s as opposed to me finding these things out halfway through my 20s. But I was never a fair for person or like in the beginning like that, those ages, 18, 17. I think I was just kind of, honestly, I was a, I was a dreamer. So it's, it's kind of hard because I was just like, I was really happy back then. Then like adulthood came and it hit me. So, hit you know, right I'm, over the head. Yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the last day I've been happy like that. I think just carefree, mm-hmm. but you know, in that carefree state, I do still feel like you know I could have done more. And but also, it's really knowing you know, like the world is mine still, regardless. So yeah, and I think everything happens for a reason. Who knows what would have happened back then if I had the information? I might have blew everything. So true. True. <laughs> I'm so grateful for everything. And at least you've got those moments that you can look back on and say, man, I had fun. I love it. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. So Chrissy, thank you again for taking time. Share a little bit of your knowledge with us. For those listening, if you haven't already gotten the book, Investing in the Caribbean, (laughs) just check out her Instagram and you can grab it there. Keep listening. We'll be right back after a short break. This season of Pathways is brought to you by Telesford Countertop and General Construction Services, your number one source for quartz and solid surface. Their services are not only limited to countertops, their team builds homes, cabinets, vanities, does 3D images, renovations, and quantity estimates. Telesford Countertop and General Construction Services mission statement is pride and delivery upon customer satisfaction. Contact them today at 435-0133 to get started on your construction project. My name is Andre Glee. Grew up in Thomas St. John's. Went to St. Mary's Junior School, Presentation Brothers College, T.A. Marshall Community College. Then I furthered my studies attending Seneca College in Toronto, Ontario, uh, Canada. Further went to Lakehead University to get my degree in civil engineering. And I'm currently working for a consulting firm based in Toronto, Ontario. I'm excited to be a part of this discussion and get to connect back with uh, a lot of local Canadians and persons like Arlie saw what you were a part of. But sitting down here the other day, I'm like, I need to do more. You know what I mean? So that's why I went on the Greenstone uh, Steve website and became a member. Let's see if we could do some kind of mentorship program or something along that side. So, I love sorry, it. I love the flag in the background. <laughs> All right, if you could introduce yourselves, basically to Andre. Hi. Hey, Andre. My name is Anthony Benjamin. I used to go to J.W. Fletcher Memorial RC, then Green A.W.I. Secondary School, then to TAM CC. And now I'm a student at Beijing University of Technology where I study computer science. And now I'm here on Pathways to basically become like a mentor for the youths and so on. Something like you're, you're doing. So welcome. Glad we could be on the same road. Oh, nice to meet you, Anthony. Yeah. I'm Raman. I'm not Grenadian. Well, I'm Grenadian by marriage. 
Um, I'm originally from Antigua. Um, met Arlene in Chicago. I'm a small business owner here. I studied computer science in bachelor's, mechanical engineering in bachelor's, and I'm currently pursuing a master's in CS at University of Illinois. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. Glad that we could get all three of you and also you, Andre, in on this. I know you were really interested in the conversation, so I didn't want to leave you out. But I think you all had a chance to look at the conversation I had with Chrissy. So from the start, like, is there anything off the bat that jumped out to you from the episode that you wanted to touch on? Like some insight that you found? Like she puts in the time and so on to basically get to a level at which mm-hmm. people would say like, okay, she's confident. I could, I could look to her for um, some information and so on. Yeah, so that's basically something that stood out to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Like her dedication from being the initial interest and then sticking with it making the sacrifices, being dedicated, and then transforming it into not just like something that she researched, but a form of action. And then taking it to the next level and doing a whole business educating others about it. I thought it was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it was actually quite refreshing because the person, and I didn't, honestly, I should have paid attention to the title, which is CRM, I, I, I knew, but when I saw it was Chrissy, She's actually the person who just on social media and just following her. When she started posting about financial content, financial literacy, financial management type content and investing, it piqued my interest because I always, like in the back of my head, I always thought realistic, realistic, realistic. Like that's the way I read, because I love realistic from a young age. So I just used to think realistic, realistic. And then eventually, if I have maybe 20000 30000 sitting on the side, then I would get into the, into the stock market. But what Chrissy did and what she just, it hit me right away. She's like, you don't have to wait to have 20000 sitting on the side to start. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's when, you know, when a light bulb goes off, that light bulb moment goes off, and everything just clicks and everything starts connecting. And I'm just like, from that moment on, I want to see from, the end, middle of 2020, more towards the ending of 2020. So now, like, I just dedicated so much of my time. Just, and I give her, yeah, I give her full credit. Credit towards this because she opened my mind to realize, like, there's so much to learn. There's so much we weren't introduced to. There's so much we didn't teach us growing up in Grenada and Caribbean. And I'm pretty sure it's not just Grenada. Like, it has to be true, all right? And then when you move into North America, and then you start seeing all these different opportunities that present themselves. It's like, a lot of people aren't taking advantage of it right now because we don't know. We, we, we have no clue. So it, as you guys say, it's being consistent with the learning. That, and she, she basically emphasized that you have to learn. You have to be open to new things. You have to learn to take risks and do risk assessments and all this type of stuff. But there's so much, like, just the fact that I know not learning this, uh, that content growing up or not even being introduced to it, I think is a... Uh, was a major problem and uh, just just to throw this little piece in here at the end for instance I think we all did uh, CAC uh, courses at some point so for instance I did POV now I read the book I didn't learn anything from the book but what I thought like an SBA aspect could be is that you try to create a business and that's something we could probably try to you know encourage the schools to do going forward because if, when you create a business and you start actually looking at balance you anyhow but yeah so I just want to put in that part there because that, that's still with me in the whole conversation I 
Completely agree. And I think the interesting thing, because I see a lot of people who, you know, are like investment gurus or um, are into personal finance and doing something similar to what Chrissy is doing. And the interesting thing to note is that they all started from somewhere. Like most of them are people who just started doing things on their own and they learned along the way and they're like, oh, everybody should know about this stuff. And then they start to share. And what I like about what Chrissy is doing is because it's it's from a perspective of someone who came from the Caribbean, um, you know, is still very closely tied to Grenada. And she's able to come back and be like, okay, well, what's available for us here in Grenada? Mm-hmm. And she started learning about the um, ECSE and things like that, which some people know about, but not everybody, yeah. probably not most people. Mm-hmm. And even realizing that being here in Grenada, you can still tap into the U.S. stock market, other global stock markets. And it's just putting the time in to find out what you can do and what makes sense for you in your situation. But off of that, is there like any personal, like what are your personal experiences with finance, investing, well, not even investing, but just like managing your money? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well, if you know, if some people know me, like they know I like to save my money, mm. like, I save like a lot of money. Yeah? Like sometimes I'll be like check the check the bank account is like, um, yo, that's still there. I mean, it's <laughs> like you you had the money there and it's like you don't even know that it's Let's there. Set it and so yeah, that's it. that's basically my strategy for saving. Like I put it like there and I don't know it's there. You know? Okay. Yeah, and so as time go by and so on, and I get to a certain goal, then that money is going to go to something else that could probably make me money and so on. Mm. But yeah, but for now, it's basically on the saving side. I'm not ready to invest yet. Yeah, That's fair. <laughs> but as you just said, like the money can go into something else to make you more. That's also investing. Yeah. Like it's not just investing in stocks and so on, but investing in yourself, investing mm-hmm. in opportunities that can better you. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Like sometimes you don't even need to invest in stocks. Sometimes you need to invest in yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because sometimes you you're not really ready to invest in the stock market and so on. Yeah. So yeah, so you, when you get the education, you invest in like a skill and say that brings in money. Exactly. And then after you're in a better situation where you could you could go into like investing in certain things and risking it all and so on. Yeah. Like what she like Risking what she all. Like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah stock this, market like Vegas. <laughs> cha ching. Yeah. What about you, Raman? Yeah, for me, um, I kind of, you know, I think from the Caribbean, your parents teach you real estate. That's like the most common Some thing the way people stress. invest. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so like for me, when I first actually started working, I think the major investment I made was doing real estate. Um, and then I slowly started to read, like develop financial literacy and I like, started doing stocks. Um, and then I think after that, it was, hey, I could probably invest it into another business that I can make money. So, like, it's just been a mix of doing those three things. Mm-hmm. And learning along the way, right? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, to this day, it's been years that I've been, like, trying to dabble in the stock market and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's the important thing. I guess if I was to take the time, um, dedicate the self. But at the, at the end of the day, it's like, what what's important to you and what do you have the time to do? Like, maybe right now, investing just isn't my thing. Like, I'll do it on the side, 
but I'm not, you know, checking it every day or saying like, oh, what stock should I buy? Mm -hmm. I don't have time for that stuff. Yeah. Day trading is like very intensive and time consuming. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Exactly. You could take like a passive approach where... Which I, I do very <laughs> passive <laughs> with money. But it's also to the point where, you know, I'm... Like Anthony was saying, I manage my own finances relatively well, I think, where, you know, if I want to save towards a certain goal, I'll make sure I'm saving for that. Or like if there's something that I know I always need or I always want to do, traveling is my thing. So I always have a travel fund, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever extra money I have would go into that. So then when I'm ready to take a trip somewhere, I don't even have to think about it like, oh, where am I going to get the money for? I have a travel fund that I just dip into and I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it Mm -hmm. um so things like that is how i set myself up i guess financially and then when when i had the opportunity to invest um, i also did that just so i know that there's something there building but i don't pay attention to it i just know that when i go back in like the next 10 years there'll be something you know public question before i even start what business do you own uh oh i'm i own carabites food delivery business in the in Grenada, Antigua, and you said that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, that. it's on yeah. there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Well, you gotta zoom in, you know, pinch to zoom the screen. <laughs> yeah. I'm pushing the laptop. Um. Okay, that's good to know. Um. Yeah. So essentially, I guess in my time, because I only finished school in the end of 2019, so. Like financial literacy for me, because when I moved up here, I, I didn't have like a bunch of money sitting in the bank account to pay tuition. So I, I went the loan route, right? So I took out a bunch of loan. That's a whole different conversation. But my main goal, at least when I first finished, was to pay up a certain amount between the first two years, right? I, I set consistent amount to pay off. I, I, it's public knowledge, but I'll, it's not public knowledge, but I don't mind seeing it. So when I finished school, I had close to $70,000 in them, right, in the hole. And I'm sitting on there, and what I was thinking growing up was, take the loan, you make money, you pay it off, and then you don't start paying attention. Like a young person, 18, 19, 20 years old, I, I'm not looking at the loan balance that's building up. I'm just looking at the money that's coming to my car, and I'm just like, I was, you know, let's buy sneakers, let's buy this, let's buy that. Be mindful, I didn't blow up my money on, on, on the other stuff. All of it went to school, the majority of it went to school, but at the same time, I, I was thinking if I had known better, I would have probably bought Nike stocks rather than Nike sneakers. This uh, when I was working at Full Locker to buy Jordans. Yeah. I bought some Nike stocks, but anyway, everything is hindsight uh, uh, 2021. What you're looking back. But um so I finished with 70k and then I just when I started working I was diligent. I'm like I have to set a certain amount to pay off a certain amount of dollars because I had other ventures I wanted to get into in the near future. So I was able the first year and a half I paid over forty thousand dollars. And that's just me not spending any money on anything except for maybe having a thousand dollars in emergency funds. Just a thousand dollars because I, um, I bought a car cheap. I didn't buy a new car, right? So I bought a car cheap. So I didn't have any quite, um, car payments to make. Mm-hmm. And I just kept working and I was paying minimum rent and I just ended up paying off $48,000, which is huge. We're still paying off a little bit of the, of the rest of the balance, but 
And then after we got started, well, as I said, I heard three seats, I started buying stocks, and then I, I'm the type of person, I, I started with $2,000, and I'm like, okay, this $2,000, let me just learn, learn and learn. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any more until I learn enough for I feel comfortable investing. And that's what I did. So I just bought a bunch of books, started listening to a bunch of YouTube content, and then I was able to start buying stocks. And in the ending of last year, you started seeing the game. So it made me feel like, okay, well, I'm doing something right. I've obviously got the markets down, but I anticipated the markets to be down, at least for the first half of the year. With all what's going on, who knows where the market's going to end up. But it doesn't matter because we're thinking long-term, right? So it's not something I'm, I'm always focusing on where we think about the long-term goal. And then I was able to purchase, a, um, through that time, purchase a house out here in the crazy real estate market. Thank you. <laughs> and... Um, so now we're learning, we're, we're, we haven't moved into it yet, it's still being built, but now we're learning about the ways to be able to use equity in order to advance yourself in the future, right? But use equity wisely. But once again, real estate is another long-term investment. So that's something that we'll, you know, we would like to see play out in the next five to ten years. But it's just setting up, and I want to start on business. So that's why it's interesting to know what business you, uh, you want. And I know Caribbean is quite uh, impressive because I see it on social media all the time, especially Facebook. I have to thank the rest of the team for that. <laughs> I manage the technology side. Oh, but that's even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like, technology, if you really look at the world and where we're going, it's technology advanced, right? So for someone in the Caribbean to start something like similar to Uber Eats, that, like, I'm, in my head, I'm like, why hasn't someone started that like years ago? You know what I mean? But it's it's great and it's awesome to see when things are advancing in the Caribbean. And uh, kudos to you guys for, for at least being part of the, the mission. Thank you. And kudos for you getting that house. It's very impressive. <laughs> um, you know, I'm hoping to be like you when I grow yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Because we bought right before the boom. Because the boom was in 2021 in January. But we bought it in, uh, in the 2020 summer. So we bought right before the boom, and it's coming back down, but it's still nowhere close to the levels of 2020. Wow. All right, so I want to take a little bit of a turn in the conversation, because another thing that was like a thread, a common thread in what Christiana were discussing is the idea of just kind of like leveling yourself up regardless, you know? So she mentioned that through learning about stocks and like disciplining herself to be more knowledgeable about finances that also help to propel her confidence in a lot of other areas in life. Mm -hmm. So just like being more assertive for herself and knowing what she wants and knowing how to speak up for herself or go after what she wants. Once you change your mindset into a more positive one and stop looking at what you don't have or what you can't do and instead look at your strengths and what you have and where you want to get to, changes a game. Yeah. You start um, seeing solutions instead of problems. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to hear from y'all what your thoughts were on that. Well, what I see is like when you focus on something and you gain the knowledge and so on, it actually empowers you. Look for solutions into like use what you have and figure out, okay, this is how I can solve this problem and so on. With Chrissy, it was basically she learned about the stock market and so on and now she can look at the charts and so on and say, all right, this is the solution there. Like like she mentioned, um, right now there's a down market going on. 
But based on the research she did, like she was, she knows that okay, you can buy and so on, and she's looking at long term. So like I looked at the charts and so on as well. There was like basically two crises mm-hmm. before, like the dot com bubble, and then after the um, recession and the stock market basically recovered from both of them. Right now, it's be- it's basically better than everything else. When you do your research and so on, it actually puts you in a in a better mood. Like when she mentioned, like the only how you're going to lose is if you is if you sell, basically. Yeah. So yeah, to have that knowledge and so on and going forward with it is actually a benefit. And they talk about yeah. like panic selling a lot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. where if you if you go into it and you just like put a bunch of your money and you don't know what you're doing or you don't know the history then you'll be like, oh no, I'm gonna lose all my money and then you yeah. just sell. But yeah, it's important to educate yourself and realize, okay, it's just, you know, it's gonna get better eventually, at least you hope. Um, and it's different because in investment, they talk about investment horizon, I think it's called, something horizon. Because uh, for an older person who's about to retire, you know, they can't afford to lose all their stocks now and mm-hmm. wait for another 10 years. Yeah. So you have to know what your risk level is going into it and I guess, have good advisors and education to then know when to pull out if you need to. True. The good thing is we're young, ages on our we're side young. and so on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You've got time. Yeah. For me, I related a lot to, like, the financial security part, like, where that builds confidence. Because, you know, I feel like once you have financial security... Mm-hmm. That moves a lot of anxiety for a lot of situations in your life. Yeah. Like, you don't have to worry. Like, if something pops up, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about paying rent. It's a lot of stress that goes up. So, I could relate to that. And then, I think, as Anthony mentioned, once you start to become more of an expert in a topic, that just naturally builds your confidence. And I feel like that could spread to other areas of your life as well. Mm-hmm. When Chrissy did say that, like uh, that portion about how she felt like she's a different person, like I get it, <laughs> like I fully, fully, fully get it. And um, analogy that I've heard before, and I think she probably said it too, is that I no longer look at money as something that I need. I look at money as a tool, mm-hmm. right? So I just—it's really and truly every time I get paid, I just look like okay. Where am I going to put this this amount of dollars? Where am I going to put this? Okay, so this section that I have for whatever, like investment opportunities or investments, is like, okay, well, I know it's going here. I, I feel more confident about the fact that my money's not just stagnant, losing in a high interest environment, a losing value. You know what I mean? Because it at nine ten percent inflation, that's that that's insane if you really think if you think about it. So. But how it changes the mindset also is like, I'm like, okay, well, this is one aspect of my life that I feel comfortable with right now. Now, you know what? Let me take on a different challenge. Let me go to the gym more or let me read more. And that's it. That's basically how you start to level up in life because you're not only putting a focus and enhancing one aspect of your life. It starts that. That momentum starts to flow over into the different parts of your of your, of your mental, right? So you might want to challenge yourself. So now I'm hitting the gym more because I feel better. Because, okay, yeah, I'm trying to gain wealth in the long term, but I need to make sure I'm healthy enough to, to see the long term yeah. and to be able to enjoy my hard work right now. So I fully understand when she said that. Like, I get it. Like, I, I look at life differently. I wake up with more intention to, like, 
even if I'm not like, yeah, let me go to my nine to five every day, at least I know I'm like, okay, well, it's one day closer to my goal. And, you know, you can't go 100% all the time. You obviously, there's days you're not going to be as productive as others, but it's the whole point of being consistent. And once you start to learn consistency, because for you to gain wealth, you have to consistently invest. You have to consistency, consistently do research and, and, and find out new things and, and, and broaden your mindset to, you, you start seeing life different. Like I, 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 be, I actually told my fiance this yesterday. I'm like, I, when I walk outside now, I see the world like a real life monopoly game. Like I don't know if that even makes sense. It's like a real life monopoly game because now I'm looking at all the residential areas and then I see a big apartment surrounding them all. I'm like, okay, well, us homeowners own this, but somebody with a lot more money owns this apartment building, and it's just. And then when this money, when you use the cash flow from this business to go into another business, I just started seeing things differently and it just started to click. So I fully understand what you guys mean when it comes to changing up the mindset. Like it's, yeah. it's impactful. Mm-hmm. I, I had to pull up my phone because you mentioned like using money as a tool and it reminded me of this um, quote that I really like. I didn't want to misquote it. So it's from Tim O'Reilly and he said, money is like gasoline during a road trip. You don't want to run out of gas on your trip, but you're not doing a tour of gas stations, right? <laughs> and I, I, I heard this quote like That's years ago, and I love it because it's so true. Like a, a lot of people, and it's unfortunate because that's just how maybe your life is. Like if you don't have a lot mm-hmm. of money, yeah. you're constantly just looking for more money to, just to, to check, pay your bills, yeah. paying the yeah, 11 paycheck to paycheck. But at the end of the day, like if you look at it that way you're never gonna have enough because you're always just looking for more looking for more but the idea is that you're living life and yes you need money to do certain things but the goal is not to find more money the goal is to live life and Mm -hmm. you just need to make money along the way um but anyway in like the conversation we're having i also i don't want it to sound too one-sided because we're kind of speaking of it from the perspective of a place of already having enough Mm-hmm. And for the vast majority of people, especially in the Caribbean, that's not the case. So I do think, I think I always struggle to talk to people from like different walks of life in a more relatable way. But I think there's still bits of advice from the conversation with Chrissy from what we've been talking about here that can relate to people who maybe don't have enough or maybe not in the job that they want to be in or have a huge loan that they need to pay off and they don't see a way out. And it's that idea of changing your mindset, one, trying to be more positive, but also just doing what you can with what you have. And you have to start somewhere. So like whether it's the idea of, okay, like like Andre said, he had a huge loan to pay off and he started to dedicate himself to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put as much money into this as I can. Um, maybe not go to the club on a weekend or mm-hmm. not buy that extra um, takeout or whatever it is and focus all your energy into that one thing that you need to do to get yourself to the next level. And that would be different for everybody. So maybe someone is in a more difficult situation, but just finding the one thing that you can do now based on what you, where you are to improve your life. I don't know if y'all have better ways to put that (laughs) (laughs) probably like some people you probably don't have money but something something some of us all have we have time i mean you could invest your time into 
acquiring a skill or or acquiring knowledge that you can use to probably get some money and so on. Mm -hmm. If you look at it from a other perspective, you don't always have some roadblocks. Yeah. So like you go in, you invest your time into researching, get a get some books or get a mentor or something and acquire a skill and so on. And through that you acquire money. And then you better you're basically in a better financial situation. I see what you say. I see I understand what you're saying because there's so much people who don't like you see they go to work every day, especially in the Caribbean, especially mm -hmm. back home, because I know people personally, right? They go yeah. home and they really truly have enough. Like they don't make enough at their jobs mm -hmm. um, to be able to even move forward. Like that's true. Yeah, you know, some people may spend a little extra on the weekends and somewhat like obviously there there might be it starts and everybody's situation is, is is specific to them, right? So I'm not talking about anyone specifically, just general. But some people might be able to make little deductions, whether you know you don't buy a beer this weekend, put that any little amount that you put to the side to for to, to further yourself and to invest in yourself is key. But it's just a matter of it's it, it's to be blunt, like we kinda you have to deal with the hand that you're dealt and you have to make the best use of whatever situation you're in as bad as it may be. So it's easier, as you just said, rather getting a skill. Like, I grew up right above New York, and I never, I, I should have probably went down there to figure out how to weld and how to do some kind of electrician work because I can use that skill is transferable throughout the Caribbean and throughout the world. You know what I mean? So it's not always, I, I feel like that a lot more emphasis needs to go into trades and skills in the Caribbean, especially in Grenada, especially shouldn't be looked down upon at all because a lot of people mm -hmm. make a lot of money up here to yes. do the same Yes. Right? And I know people who left Grenada to the States and they're doing very well with their own stuff. So I, I feel like a lot more emphasis needs to go into the different trade skills. It's not just carpentry and stuff, there's other sewing, whatever it may be. But I think that's one avenue to look at. There's it's a broad it's a broad conversation to have. Yeah, I think a lot like the common theme that I've heard about this discussion is like discipline everybody needs to be consistent. I think before that comes to place a lot of like planning and understanding of where you are needs to take place. And okay, once you understand where you are, you need to be realistic about like, what are the next steps, what are the opportunities? Mm -hmm. And then I think after that, it's um, just discipline. And I think as Anthony and Andre said, like it's the traditional, you know, walks of life are much more than we know. Everybody can branch out and do something new and different. Yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap up. I really appreciate the different perspectives. So I'm glad that everyone was able to join today and share some some thoughts. I have one thing to say. Yeah. So for people that think that they can't start like looking into the stock market because they don't have funds, you could always open up like a paper account where you actually don't spend any money and it's like a simulation of what's happening in the actual stock market real time. So you can say, I'm going to buy this stock. And you're, like, it's, you're buying it at the price today, but you're not actually spending real money. And you could see what your performance is. Oh. And when you're comfortable enough, then you could say, oh, I could put $1,000 or $500 in. So if you just want to test to see yeah. how it would work. If you just want to learn. Similarly. Yeah. Okay. Like lots of different trading platforms offer it. Okay. Um, interactive brokers, which is what I use to invest in U.S. stocks as a person of the OECS. Okay. Um, Interactive focus. Yeah. Good to know. I just want to highlight the fact that 
I think currently and presently we can see there's a change in, in, in Grenada that's trying to happen. And I realize that it's the it's the maybe two generations above myself and our age group Arlene, is that there's change happening, at least change trying to be pushed. And I feel like as the younger generations start to get together and collab more and start speaking more. Because I listened to Jackson's interview and potentially, you know, maybe we could get something in some in the technology field getting going. I'm not a tech expert, I only know a little bit about tech, but being able to have networking opportunities with different people and you're well connected and you guys are well connected, everyone's well connected. So I just like that, I just met two great amazing guys with and then you know we could further the conversations to see how we connect the persons abroad to the persons back home in different Caribbean countries because we just we just gotta connect because I think we'll be more powerful and more influential if we continue this movement that you guys have going on and I'm very thankful for having me today. Um, but last thing I'll say is just stay focused on your goals. Times are hard, but times will not be getting easy. Like you have to live in the moment, enjoy the moment, but just keep trying. You know what I mean? Just keep trying regardless of what you're trying to do. And things may start to break through as 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 the stable economic I don't want to go political, but as things continue to possibly change, I think better things are coming for us and the more we stick together, the more we network and get these projects going and be the more successful. Agreed. So again, thanks for joining. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We would absolutely appreciate your comments and feedback as we try to make this podcast more beneficial for you, our listeners and watchers. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please take a minute to press the review button, let us know how we're doing, and let others know that this is something that's worth their time. We also love to see your comments and engagement on social media, so head over to the post and let us know what you think about this latest episode.